of Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? my sports we'll talk everything michigan sports like only we do and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery grading the beer throughout the episode so pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours this is the state of my sports and this is episode 162 we are out on the deck ready to talk some michigan sports during the flight segment, we will discuss the NBA Finals, the U.S. Open, and something um, that happened this weekend that was uh, pretty dang cool for us. Uh, I thought it was anyways. Well, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but we'll get into that for my flight topic at the end of your guys'. Um, being NBA Draft Week, we will discuss the rumors surrounding the Pistons, decide on who we want and where, um, and have Mock Draft 2.0. Hey, mock draft day. Yes, mock draft. Let's do it. Um, with Riley Green Air officially starting um, for the Tigers, uh, we're going to touch on them, what the effect he has on the team, um, what we've seen so far, and what kind of we should project moving forward. We'll give an update on the NHL playoff draft, the results of our NBA and U.S. Open drafts as well, and I'll also put together a Dinger Tuesday. It's kind of my, my one of my favorite things to do during the week in betting, so I got a, a Dinger Tuesday for you guys. And, of course, we'll grade in review tonight's Michigan Craft Beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know um, what you're sipping on tonight and be part of the conversation. Let us know all your thoughts on each of the topics and all that good stuff. Already Kyle's talking about the Yankees, I'm assuming. Um, but, yeah, so be part of the conversation the best you can. Also share it with some friends. Help help it grow our audience and be part of it. You know, we want we want comments. We want people. First we actually comment. want legit comments. Yeah, not So as soon as Kyle and Jared start going back and forth, it's basically just a waste, but... Um, if people really want to jump in and talk sports, that'd be great, too. Yankees so. look strong this year, he says. <laughs> every time. Same time. Every time. Do you think he sets, like, a calendar, like, auto set for when the show starts? Like, yeah. He's, he already has it copy and pasted, I think. He just, he just pushes <laughs> pace. And he must be in. watching live, though. We're starting a little bit early. That's and a good The point. comments coming in, we couldn't have caught him off guard. I told him we were going to start early, and he said, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. So Here, here we, we go. go. Yeah, we, yeah did we, we did it. We did it. Before 830, for the first time ever. So... We should be done by 9.30. That's the goal, right? Before we jump in, though, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors to help keep this thing rolling and keeping it free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Mac Web Design helps us get our website up and running. Betting Hero helps us, and you get the best promos available in the sports betting world. I am Sam Waldhart. With me today, we got Ryan Waldhart Hello. and John Dornboss. How are you guys? Well. Yeah? yeah. Good week? Yeah, it was a good week. Yeah. So, you got, so your kids are gone, I heard. My kids are gone right now. Um, well, that's pretty sweet. They were gone last night. They're going to be gone tonight. Really? Yep. They're they're out camping. They're at fair, um, I don't know what you call it, some fairground for kid, kid or like, I don't know, animals and okay. horse stuff. 4-H maybe? Is Never heard of it. No, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. It's something like that. But they're doing that. They're out of the fair, staying with uh, grandma and grandpa camping. Nice. So, yeah. That's nice. Nice yeah. little break. And then you guys, had, did you, have a, you didn't have an overnight sitter. For the wedding, did you? Yeah, we did. Wow. Yeah, the wedding. Three so, and four. So, yeah. Jillian's <laughs> sister got married. Yeah, Shout how was out that? To Ashley and Ed. Uh, they got married on Friday. That was a ton Good of wedding. fun. It was huge party. Awesome venue. Uh, great officiant. 
best I've official heard, yet. I've heard mixed reviews, but we don't need to get oh, into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want names later, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that was an experience. Yeah? Yeah. How, did, did you think it went well? I thought, it, yeah, it went pretty well. So I, I did officiate the wedding, and um, I was... I, I was expecting to be nervous the whole time, and I was definitely nervous. Like I had like cotton mouth probably the whole time. Yeah. But um, no, I went well. Like I don't. I really didn't trip over my words. I I did everything I wanted. It was genuine. Yeah. It was pretty informal. You know, I think that's really what they were looking for too. Yeah. And uh, got positive feedback, so it was all good. Good. No, that's good. Yeah. And then the the Brenna was there. I heard Brenna was there. Which played is music awesome. All night. I mean. You can't ask for a better party than that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. That's awesome. They played at two of my cousin's weddings. Did they really? Oh, man. And they jammed out until it was like midnight. Yeah. yeah. That's Mid- awesome. Midnight 30. Oh, that's what it should yeah, be. Most DJs perf- wrap up around like 11. So yep. like when you got the live band, it like, was it wasn't, like, hey, just give me a little more and we'll, we'll keep this party going. Exactly. Right? It wasn't at a venue. It was like in a backyard somewhere. So they were, we just, I, I don't know. It, my uncle's tipping them, like, yeah, paying them well to be there. And that's awesome. Playing, you know, fed off the crowd. But yeah. That's good. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's was exactly, the, what was exactly the best the best song that they played? The best song that they yeah, played? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite? No, they were, they were all so good. But um, Thousand Miles, that one, uh, I would walk oh, yeah. 5,000 Five, miles. That, that 500 song? miles? 500. Yeah, I would walk is. 500 more. So yeah, I don't know. Miles. I randomly started, like, what What do you call, like, the line when everybody, like, jumps on your... The jamba? Yeah. I started, what it's called? I started one of those. That was a good time. Yeah? I usually do. Every wedding I start one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, should I look forward to this we- this wedding, this Saturday? Yeah, d- definitely. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to let you do it. I'm not going to be the one to do it. Do you normally do it, too? No, I've never done it. What? You yeah. got to do it. I'm, I'm going to have to learn from you. It and happens then I'll naturally. Do it. I, people yeah. line up behind me. I just start going around the whole place and people just grab my shoulder. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I'm going to bring go. up the rear. <laughs> you, yep. I just don't <laughs> want anybody touching my, my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> have fun with the rear. Yeah. Uh, John, how was, how was your week, man? Well, two weeks. You were gone last week. Was gone last week. Got caught up in a thunderstorm trying to move appliances around. Turned into a big headache. Um, yeah. Had to rip doors off the appliance Oof. and storm doors off of the house to get things to move. And, Ouch. Uh, it's my worst nightmare. Yeah. And, like, literally, like, watch the storm rolling as it's all going down. And uh, so, yeah, had to bail uh, last second. Wish yeah. I, wish I could have been here. Yeah, no big deal. Wait, did it, it, did it, it actually storm on you or no? It didn't storm, but it rained pretty good. Yeah. And uh, okay. the sky was awfully dark. And that was... <laughs> That was like the first batch that came through probably around 4.30 okay. in the afternoon, uh, a little east of town here. But um, yeah, then it obviously rained a bunch that night. And yeah, luckily, yeah, I don't know. I think refrigerators are made to get wet, right? They keep things <laughs> cold and yeah. frozen and yeah, water lines. Keep telling yourself that. Exactly. They're the. They're, I mean, it was a pretty nice refrigerator. I'm ripping the doors off while it's raining. <laughs> oh, no. It's like oh, all the no. controls and like the wire disconnectors, you know, down below and like. Yeah, got it all hooked up though. I did. Yeah, it's running. It's cold. Uh, so far, so good. Did it have uh, an ice maker? Ice maker and a water. Dispenser was there? What, did you have to like switch anything out? Because I remember when we got our fridge, like it was like an old connection compared to like a new type of connection. And it was just a pain in the butt. Did you run into anything like that, or was it pretty pretty simple? No, nope. plug and play. Yep, oh, that's good. Tapped into the cold water. That can water get line. that can get pretty frustrating. Oh yeah, uh, the previous fridge did not have the water ice dispenser. Okay, yeah. so it didn't have a water line going to the fridge. So this is a brand new one, just tapped right into the cold gotcha. water. Gotcha. You know, okay, below the floor. Nope. Nice. No problem at all. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, if you're taking off doors, last thing you want is have to mess with water. So that's that's good. So you said you had a story. Is that 
for this for the beginning or is that during the flight segment? You want me to jump in the flight or no? Oh, wait, we gotta we talk are, about these beers. We gotta first. talk about our beers. What are yeah. we drinking today? Yeah, what so is we're this drinking one? from Shorts Brewing Company, which is obviously in Elk Rapids, Michigan. We've done a few of their beers. I think we've done a a couple of their samplers and stuff like that, which is always a good time. But I saw this one at uh, Total Wine, Margarita IPA. I was like, dang, that just sounds good. It, is, it, <laughs> is just, good. it is really good. I I didn't know if I should put salt on our on the rims or anything like that. Like it. Oh, I'm sure it's yeah. It's you supposed sh- you to think I should have done that? No, I'm not, not I say you should have done it. But so I'm you're sure saying it's like I really sh- I blew it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I figured you were saying that. Not very nice, but no. But I, I don't know. Summer beer. Like this is this got summer written all over it. You got a lime over the guy's face. The kids saw the box. They're like, "Is he mean? Is he mean, Dad?" I'm like, <laughs> "No idea." I'm like, what kind of a question is that? Looks mean to me. Like, <laughs> he looks. Yeah. I would never trust. He a guy seems like that. more sour than mean. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> lime over the face. Um, but yeah, I mean, cool looking can for the people watching live. Um, you can see that. Actually, I got the box. I might have a better, a little better look here. Look at me struggling. Uh, yeah, the, the, I got this one at Total Wine, but you can pick them up. I'm sure at Siciliano's or Meyer or shorts whatever what do you guys think so far good little sipper so far it's nice yeah delicious you, you have the can right there like what is the percentage of this one what does it say i don't have one i should really look up i usually try, i dig more the into these these beers is it on the box and i completely forgot to today it says there's six so, all right so anyways cans. so this is the uh the brewing company or Schwartz brewing company margarita ipa um it's an india Pale ale with lime, agave, and pink Himalayan sea salt. I was going to say it was pink Himalayan. I knew it just wasn't regular salt. Himalayan. Same effortable place. Oh. Um, But, yeah, their pub is in uh, Bel Air, Michigan, and their brewing facility is in Elk Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, nice. um, For inquiries, go to cs at shortsbrewing.com. Or is that a – that's an email, so email them. I'm surprised it's not listed somewhere. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah, normally it would be. I feel like it – Legally has to be, doesn't it? Maybe. Uh oh. I think Uh-oh. we, we just got we just got them in trouble. Yeah. Little boy. Bad wow. label. Yeah, we're live. Yeah. <laughs> Rewind. Uh, no, but yeah, good, good, good stuff. Uh, we'll give it a grade at the end of the episode. But before we jump into our De Hops Beer Flight segment, I want to remind everyone that De Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is serving incredible food and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Chef Dan's revamped food menu and head brewers rotate Ben's. Rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, softball night, and everything in between, the Ben and Dan duo is putting a ton of their time and energy at making the hops a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. They have Taco Tuesday, Stein Night Wednesday, Thursday, any burger and beer for 15 bucks, and you might run into us there celebrating us, celebrating a nice victory on the ball field. Thursday, right? On Thursdays, yeah. There yeah, we go. Um, they have some incredible... I already read that part. We hi- Oh, I already read that part, too. The Hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2022. And if you mention State of My Sports, you'll get a nice little discount off your first beer. Hey, first page. So gone. moving on to our flight segment. So the biggest thing that happened was the, the U.S. Open. It's all done. I was really hoping for a little more, you know, drama. With the live guys and the the PGA guys, it sounded like there was a lot of talk before, not much after, not much during. And I was actually really curious if like what kind of fan, like what the fans' uh, attitude would be towards the the live guys. You know, like I was wondering if it was going to kind of create the Ryder Cup feel, like if these guys are come, these fans are anti live, 
Like, you know what I mean? But I, I don't. It didn't sound like. Like I'm not gonna pretend that I watched this. It didn't sound like there was anything that really happened, and it was more or less a pretty boring U.S. Open, I think, to it say was, the least. Was, he won by one stroke, though, over two other guys, right? Yeah. So how how is that boring? There, there had to be drama, well, right? I, <laughs> well, I did hear that yeah. Morikawa. No, not Morikawa. Zalatoris. Uh, Zalatoris missed a, putt a that, birdie putt that could have forced a very makeable birdie putt. So. Yeah. Yep. That sucks. What did you think of the, the U.S. Open, John? This was yours. All right. You want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch much of it. I kept up, you know, updated with the scores yeah. throughout the day, uh, all weekend long. I had a busy weekend. Um, before I want to jump into the U.S. Open, the reason I, I didn't get time to watch on Saturday is I attended the Meyer LPGA Classic out at Blyfield. Nice. Um, really? How was that? that? I've yeah. never been to it. Awesome. Highly recommend. Yeah. Go. Go with friends. Go with bring the wives. Um, plenty of places to go to watch the the golf. I mean, and I, I will say every single one of those girls on that golf course are leaps and bounds better than I will ever be at golf. It was incredible to watch. Easy swings. Ball was flying everywhere. Course was in great shape. The weather was awesome. Yeah. A little windy. Golfers don't mind that though, because they can they can play that. Helps control a little bit more, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it takes a little bit more off of a draw, a little bit less off of a fade. Um, but then, yeah, uh, food and beverage prices were insane. Like reasonable. Yes. So, like, what what kind of how much is a beer roughly? Three bucks. Three bucks for a beer? Can of beer. Solid. Four for like a craft beer. Um, I walked up, grabbed two beers and a cheeseburger for ten dollars. Holy and I was like, I, I think I'm going to come back to this line. Yeah. And That's better than the hops. <laughs> I mean, it's better be, deal. It's better than <laughs> some of these golf courses charge when, yeah. you're, when you're out there playing golf. Yeah, no, um, that's true. And, you know, you can't, you can hardly go anywhere and get a beer and a burger for 10 bucks, you know, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so to have that on the golf course, it was all good food, good quality stuff, you know, Meyer put it on. Uh, anyway, I had a great time. Um, Who'd you go with? I went with my cousin's husband. Okay. My cousin got tickets through work, and then me and him went. Uh, met up with a couple people that we play in the league with. There's a guy in our league that has a, a membership at Blyfield. Oh, cool. Um, so that was kind of neat. But, man, you talk about the most immaculate course I've ever stepped foot on. Yeah. On You can just tell that it's just treated better. And they, I, you know, they prepped it for the tournament. It was it was great, though. We uh, Saturday, I followed the leading group. Uh, I don't know, Nelly Corda, big name in golf. She's I think she's ranked two in the world. Okay, she's the best golfer. In the yeah. World. So, so does it get a good a good turnout for for the top yeah, golfers usually? I would have loved to have gone Sunday had it not been Father's Day. Yeah. Um, just to watch like that final group because she ended up eagling eighteen on Saturday to take the lead going into Sunday. Oh, that's cool. And she played the same girl on Sunday. Did she end up winning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, Nelly Corda took second. They went a playoff. Gotcha. Yeah, All right. She tied for second. But nice. Yeah. Um. Jennifer Kupcha, I believe, yeah, uh, won the the tournament. Cool. She's also yeah. really great. I've but heard anyway, so many good things about that tournament. Yeah, like I said, uh, I would highly recommend going if if you can get free. I don't know what it costs, like pa what passes do cost to enter. Um, again, got those for free, but it's cheap to, you know, cheap entertainment. Yeah. And you walk around the course, different views, different little, like, platforms to stand up. It was incredible seeing how much goes into hosting an event like that. Like, all of the stands, all of the towers that were yeah. out there. It's like, man, you have to have a huge golf course to, oh, it's to like, host an event like this. Yeah, like countless engineers probably putting everything together, taking it down. Yep. I know like, that they spent like weeks doing it, you know, preparing planners. for the tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, no, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a great time. But anyway, yeah, back to the U.S. Open, a big weekend for golf. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Will Zalatoris came up short. It was it Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick, yeah. Matthew, I think. I don't, I don't know. Matt, 
Fitzpatrick or something. Maybe. That sounds right. Anyway, um, I believe he won the amateur at that same course back in 2013. So full full circle, he wins the U.S. Open. Sounded like he was kind of a long driver. Like he had added a whole bunch of distance recently. Yeah, and I I don't know. He played a consistent four days of golf, and that's what you got to do to win a a major like that. Kind of cool seeing some of the names that were up there at the board. Yeah. Um, Familiar faces. Uh, Again, you talked about the live golf guys. Uh, There were 15 of them that played in in the Open, and 11 of them missed the cut. Wow, really? I didn't know that. Um, so I don't know if my takeaway from it is the reason it's not quite yet competitive. And, like, the PGA paid out this week. Yeah. I think it was the highest-paying major in PGA history. Or winner, I believe. I, I, yeah, I purse, like the purse, purse. The total purse, yeah. Um, so they're trying to compete. Obviously, That's it's good. not billions of dollars. Like, yeah. Like uh, uh, the, the, the Live Golf Saudi League, funded league. Uh, but, yeah, I just saw, you know, some of the names that missed a cut, too, um, and some of the scores they shot. But. The ones that made the cut and finished the weekend, Patrick Reed, 10 over. Bryson DeChambeau, 13 over. Uh, Dustin Johnson shot a four over, so he was kind of close, yeah. you know, within 10 strokes. Um, but, yeah, you talk about the guys that missed the cut. Sergio, the uh, – oh, yeah, Taylor Gooch was another one that was like kind of outspoken when he joined. Um, and that Phil. Like, Phil, 11 over. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Kevin Nah missed the cut. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen, who won the – Opening event for the Live Golf Tour. Okay. Missed the cut, shot six over. Um, but yeah, just kind of funny. Eleven out of fifteen. So it makes you think: Do they have like the really good, high quality players out there, or it, it'll be interesting to see? Yeah. You know. Well, at the same, they definitely time, don't have the depth, right? I mean, that's that's obvious. They yeah. just have select few, and and PGA's got all the rest. Yep. Yeah. And, and the field is so good. So it's not just like the best and then the field. The field is part of the best. It's just you know any given Sunday type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Was there anything else that, that really stood out for the the thing? I mean, for me, it was John Rahm. I put I put some money on him, and I could have cashed out three times my bet at one point because I had like to win, and I would get my money back if he finished in the top ten, and he dropped tied for twelfth by stroke, so he missed, so he cost me my money, and I'm not happy about it. And you could have you could have cashed. I could have cashed out. I think heading into I think there there was one point on Saturday that I could have cashed out. Three times as much as I put in. Oh, man. Yeah, not happy about it. Yeah, you shouldn't be. That was a bad bet. Yeah. Bad decision. Seemed like a good bet for a while, and then he just sucked on Sunday. I guess, like, two really ta- bad. Two takeaways I have. Wow. I have from uh, the, o- the Open. Um, one was uh, Brooks Kepka. I don't know if you guys caught any wind of that one. Uh, he was asked some pre-tournament questions during interviews and, like, asked about the live golf thing. Yeah. And he... he literally snapped on reporters like did he he showed a side he didn't he didn't go right or did he go he's not he did not his brother has joined the live golf tour Mm. that's right so who used to be his caddy yep all right and is a a a decent golfer but he's not a guy that's gonna win you big tournaments or anything of that level but the name you know so now there's that connection does that draw him to live golf and so you know he's getting pounded with these questions and He's the one that's come out and said, I'm just playing for majors. I don't care about any other tournaments. Really? I just want to win majors. Well, why wouldn't he join the, the Live Tour? Make money and then... Oh, he would make buco bucks. He would, make, he would get a, more than Phil, that's right? A big, yeah, he would get Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson money for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, he needs to get with, healthy. Especially with who else they're, they're playing uh, or who else is getting paid. But I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's last name. I know I should have prepared a little bit more, but he finished second to last, and on uh, on Sunday... He shot, I think it was like 10 over, and at one point he snapped a club 
uh, over his knee. And then, <laughs> he was part of the live that did that. I heard. There was, I don't think. I don't know. know. I don't know if he's. I don't think. No, I don't believe he's on the live tour. Okay. This was just a guy that got eaten up <laughs> yeah. by uh, the country club of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and it's uh, so funny. Later, pulled the Happy Gilmore uh, putter throw. Yes, <laughs> love that. Yep, and uh, so I saw those highlights on that. I don't know. You got to follow Zyre Golf on Instagram, and uh, I couldn't help but check. Oh, uh, you know, somebody just yeah. had around like I have, but I just don't get to that <laughs> point. You know, don't and, break uh, my clubs. That's for sure. Yeah, c- kind of cool to see. A yeah, professional. throw sure, but break. Come yeah, on, grow up. If it breaks <laughs> when you happen to throw it, but I mean, who knows? But. Well, yeah, you can't control that. <laughs> no, it's good. Any, anything else on there, or is that all set? All set. I don't know. Just uh, we'll US, get we'll, we'll get into a little, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that yeah. in the, in break down our our draft here later on. But. Let's do it, Ryan. What would you want to talk about today? Well, I think we have to touch on the NBA Finals, right? If you say so. I so mean, this is, this we is your, we your have segment. A, we have a new NBA champion, <laughs> uh, new slash old kind of. Yeah. Living. So what is it, their fourth one? Golden State, yeah. Fourth championship in the last six years, I believe. Is that right? Or maybe it's eight years. It's, I, I think it's six years. Yeah. Might be seven. I feel like it's eight years, actually, because because it, the, the stat they're using is like um, the Bulls won six and eight years. And the only other team to win four within an eight-year stretch is the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Besides those Bulls, so so this is really really uh, like uncharted territory. Besides, the it's just special, I guess, what you're seeing. Um, and then now you're hearing all the conversations about Steph Curry in the group of the greatest of all yeah, time, like top ten. You kind of right? have to at this point, I think. You know, he's easily the best shooter of all time. Not only that, he wins, and mm-hmm. he's been winning against amazing competition for a really long time um you know kevin durant goes there and everybody says like they're good because of kevin durant guess what he leaves they go through crazy injuries and and just ridiculous turmoil within the the organization and then you get everybody back healthy and they win another championship just like that so i think i think you gotta give steph a ton of credit for this because he has been the the constant he is the reason why the warriors can play the way they do yeah just chaos on offense it's only chaos because the everybody in offense is just running around everywhere and as a d- defensive player how do you help you cannot help and then also stay on your guy so the warriors have just mastered the the frantic running around fast-paced offense and when you have a shooter like steph who can just shoot i mean some of those three-pointers even in that in the last game game six were just insane yeah and people just don't make those kind of shots. Nobody even shoots like that. So the fact that he can get it off as fast as he does, the, the you know crazy uh, pressure on him and th- three defenders on him, and he still does it. And then he's also the the floor general, makes the right decision all the time. I mean, this Warriors team, uh, Draymond Green keeps talking and bringing it up again. When healthy, nobody's beating them. Even you go back to finals, it's like, yeah, Steph goes down and like he's hobbling all over. And and then, you know, Draymond gets, you know, game five gets uh, suspended and isn't out there. And then the Cavs win. Everybody says, yeah, oh, the look at the Cavs. They did something amazing. There's also two games that kind of won after that, though, too, right? Uh, Not not when Steph was actually healthy. And and Clay went down and busted his knee. And it's like during those, a lot of those years, and even KD, you know, got injured too. um, When healthy, they really haven't been beaten. Nobody's proven that they can beat this team yeah. in a seven-game series when they're at full strength. I so. really want to see, and, and I guess I don't know the. I think the Bucks are in one conference, right? 
so they're in the East. Yep. And then, so I want, I really want to see those two teams go at it before these this window is completely closed. I feel like the Bucks, like when fully healthy, could make a run at it because you do have. Um, the Greek freak who can completely be a mismatch oh, against yeah, that, against the Warriors. I specifically hundred percent agree. That would be the, that, such a challenge yeah, for them. Yep, and they, and they can shoot too. They can. Yeah. So I don't I, know. That, that's yeah. the one that I think would have been really nice to see, but you can't underestimate what what the Warriors did. And, and defensively, how would the Bucks match up against them? Probably a little bit slower footed than than the Warriors are. Yeah, the Warriors might eat them alive. You know, you never yeah, know. That's they true. might just wear them out too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought that the Celtics were going to be the team that could beat them just because of the way they play de- play defense. But yeah. they they were just too fast. And I think we're kind of seeing it in the NHL here with Tampa Bay and Colorado. It's like, well, Tampa Bay's the team that can limit them. Well, Colorado's up two nothing, and they won seven nothing last game. This game, this goal is about to get disallowed, is my guess. But I don't know why it's taking so long. It's frustrating. Um, but no, I mean it, it's hats off to them. I'm still not a fan of them. I don't like them, um, but they they went out and won this thing. And and I, I want to say they were probably middle of the pack in odds heading into the playoffs. So it was kind of unexpected to win that. Yeah. Um, and well, it, it's only because cool. nobody believed in them. Only yeah. because they looked at their team and said they've had too much turnover. They're just a regular season team. Uh, who knows if Clay is going to be able to do this in the postseason? Who knows? You know, Draymond Green's not the same player he used to be. But, but guess what? Steph can still shoot the lights out, yeah. and he's the smartest player on the court all the time. And I think that's the craziest thing about it is Clay had a handful of good games in this whole playoff. He didn't have a good playoff. No, he really didn't. He just had a few good games, but Steph carried this team on his back. It was so impressive what he did. And Wiggins was, was impressive, too. Well, and, that, he, and, was, and that's he a testament. Merged. That's a testament to this group, to yeah. the group that can bring on a superstar like KD and say, we'll submit to you yeah. kind of doing your thing and and have it work within the framework of, of the team. Yep. And then you also bring in a young guy like Andrew Wiggins and say, no, 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 hold on, you're not under or overrated. We'll just teach you how to play within our, yeah. our system. Yep. And then Jordan Poole, like, don't worry, don't worry. You have as <laughs> yeah. long a leash as you need in the regular season, and when we need you in the postseason, you be ready for us. Yeah, yeah. I, the frustrating thing is, like, when I watch a team like this win – like, I feel like that's the last thing you can model after because it's just such a. Because there's one Steph Curry. It, yeah, there's only one Steph Curry. Exactly. You can't you can't watch the Bulls and be like, all right, we're gonna be the next Bulls. Well, no, you're not gonna you're not gonna have another MJ. You watch the Lakers, Kobe. We're, we're gonna be we're gonna model. You can't model a team after all of these teams winning it. You know what I mean? Like, I think two years ago when when the Bucks won it, that's that's a little more. Um, I think. Re- repeatable, re- re- repeatable, 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 repeatable. Yeah. All right. <laughs> repeatable is like your reputation. Well, I mean, like mimic. Like you can create that same type of team. I know Greek freaks a little like more like only one of them, but their model, I think, is is something you can look at and be like, all right, let's build our team like they were built. In I, my opinion, I, you know what though those those two examples are. Great examples of having one athlete that is so different and unique compared to to the league where you can't really model. How do you model yeah. after a Steph Curry? How do you model after Antetokounmpo? Yeah, Greek you, freak. Yeah, you can't sure. do it. Yeah. He's a one of a kind. But what they've done is they've taken that one of a kind and said, this is so special to us. We're going to build the rest of the team and, and make something that turns it into a championship. Yeah. Think, think of like the, I don't know how like similarly different they are, um, but like. Giannis, the Greek freak, is doing things that you don't, you have not seen out of a big man 
And then you got Steph Curry, who was always undersized, doing things that you've never seen out of a guard. Yeah. At, so sa- at the same time in the NBA, it's like I, maybe Hakeem Elijah Wan, maybe Shaq, you could compare to, to what Giannis is able to do. Yeah. And there's not many guards that you can compare to Steph, to Steph. Curry. Yeah. Well, well, I think it was Charles Barkley said he's the best small point guard. He just surpassed uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with him all time. I do. The shooting kind of is, is the the difference maker there. Like, oh, absolutely. It's yeah. also a different league. You never know if Isaiah Thomas could have because it wasn't it wasn't something people did. You know what I mean? <laughs> so every, that's the well, hard part. Just like you said with like Michael Jordan, every kid is going to want to be Steph Curry mm-hmm. for the next ten years. Who's gonna Who's gonna I'm going to ruin the game for more than help it in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, if you think if you think about like the trends in the in M- NBA right now, is like you need a big man that shoots. Really? Because the Warriors have Kayvon Looney. Like, yeah. He, he, he never shoots threes. Yeah. Well, you need and – they, and they've got Draymond Green, who floor space you might consider him, but he had just an awful postseason shooting the ball as well, or at least finals. Yeah. Um, and, and nobody th- nobody thinks he, that he's a great shooter from the outside at this point in his career. So you have two of their, their main big guys – are not shooting, are not spacing the floor, but yet they're still, still getting the space and, yeah. and getting their shots off. It's crazy. Like, really, really good brilliant. at that pick and roll too, because it's Clay, it's Steph Curry, it's Jordan Poole. These guys are running screens all Andrew Wiggins. day yeah. long. They got their guard screening. They've got they're running off of double screens. They and do they do the they give it up and then hop back and then get the pass right back. Like nobody's better at Steph than doing that. And they're all capable of driving closer to the basket and still being able to score they're not settling they're not all settling for three-point shots they all shoot a lot of them and yeah. they make a lot of them yeah again kind of tailored to this the shooter in the nba right now there's all these new rules about how you can defend them and how close you can get and how much room they need to land so if you can just get shooters that are confident in their stroke the nba is going to allow that to happen yeah. for years to come it'll be interesting to see more and more of this yeah. down the road. Hopefully the Pistons can find their, their guy. Um, for my flight segment, I did want to talk a little bit about the Tigers. Um, really, so I, I brought this up a, a few episodes ago, was the Joel Zumaya, and he's kind of just getting a lot of um, attention, if you will. I, I don't know where he's been, and all of a sudden he kind of hops on, trying to you know r- ruffle some feathers with some comments. So I do have what he said on, on May 25th. Um, this is a tweet, I believe people call it. Um, but he had like a bunch of those angry faces with the, the bleep over his face. Um, and there might be some swears in here that I'm going to try to go over, but I'm going to try to read this, okay? Um, he said, is there any other true Detroit Tiger fan as disappointed as I am on how this season is going for the team? Well, I, Joel Zumaya, 54, former Detroit Tiger, truly am disgusted, disappointed, just flat-out upset on how this organization has let it fall into a category which I thought this organization would never see again. I'm going to say this straight out of my mouth. Actually, it was a tweet, but that's fine. Um, I can't believe they gave Al Avila an undisclosed extension. Blows my mind. And then he did those blows mind emojis, which is cool. I like that one. Um, they need a clean house. They need to go through the main office and start removing some of these nerds <laughs> that have no clue about the good old game of baseball. That's hilarious. The good old English D is too iconic. Uh, the great to eat. Too great to even let fall to these standards. My apologies. I come so bold. But as they say, once a tiger, always a tiger. So I'm entitled to my own opinion, and I'm entitled to say whatever I want, whether people like it or not. All right, I don't want to get necessarily into his comments. I think the point is he's angry. He's an angry Tigers fan. 
we, I think we're all kind of angry of what, what we've seen so far. Some to other levels. Don't want to say, don't want to get into the discussion of blowing this thing up and everybody lose their job and firing nerds and stuff like that. I agree with him. I know Ryan will disagree with him in that way. So I don't know. It was just, it was just funny. And he, he kind of brought up uh, some, some numbers to back it up. He said in 1962, the New York Mets had 617 losses. And I think this was through a certain amount of games is my guess. The games back on, on May 25th, um, the Tigers uh, in 2003, the Tigers scored 591 runs and that was 120 losses that season as well. Or was this on pace? Sorry, this was on pace. There you go. Um, and then, in two thousand the two thousand and twenty two Detroit Tigers were on pace to four hundred and thirty nine losses, which is way uh, below four hundred and thirty nine runs. Sorry, what did I say? Oh my gosh. Losses. Lo- yeah. Four hundred and thirty nine <laughs> runs. This is a comparison of offensive runs scored. Right? Yes. Yep. So the Mets six hundred seventeen, and a hundred and twenty loss season. Yep, another hundred and twenty loss season, two thousand three Tigers, five ninety one, and this year's Tigers are on pace for four thirty nine. Yeah. So I mean you do the math. If we'll see if they hit even 120 losses or maybe more. Anyways, it's not pretty. So the thing that that was cool that happened is Micah and I we just randomly hopped on on the Instagram live. We had a good conversation with Jarrett and stuff, and then we got disconnected. And then he started a new one. Micah did, and I and me not understanding technology, so I was doing this under my personal account. Um, and then I when I went to rejoin Micah, I did it on the state of my sports account. Didn't even realize it. I was. I think I asked him. I was like, "Did I do this right?" He goes, "Yeah, just roll with it." Anyway, so we're just sitting talking, not even talking about the Tigers. And next thing you know, someone comes on on the the Instagram. I forget the Instagram name. But it was like J Zoom fifty four or something 54, like that. Yeah. yeah. So go back a couple days, or really about a week. These comments keep coming out with Joel Zumaya. Me being the way I am, I'm like, "Hey, this might be an opportunity to get a name on the podcast." So I message him on the Instagram. Hey, would love to have you on. Love what your 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 feedback on the Tigers. If you ever want to come on, just let me know. He goes, Hey, I don't do podcasts, but best of luck to you, blah, blah, blah. And then liked my message and replied, which is cool. I thought that was cool. That was enough for me. As this guy comments on the Instagram, I it didn't even click to me what was going on. And basically, we're me, Mike and I are having a conversation, and as we're talking about this comment, he brought up like the Tigers, how that game ended. I think this was their last loss. I think they got blown out. Um, seven nothing, I think, to to da- to Texas. Um, but anyways, we're like having this conversation, and as I'm talking to Mike, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm probably getting catfished by this guy. It's probably not Joel Zumaya. <laughs> blah blah blah. Mike is like, he thinks something's, you know, fishy going on. But I, I do have it here, so we're gonna see if our technology works here. But um, how do I transition? All right, I'm gonna transition to this, and I'm gonna hit play. Hopefully, it works, and hopefully, people can hear it. But just watch how this unfolds. That's why I asked me on the podcast so we could actually know if it was him or not. For the people that don't believe who I am, it's Jose I was shocked that it was actually. Oh, hey. Dude, that's pretty oh, sweet. Hey. Here I am for the guy up top. <laughs> Peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just, just wanted to come on here and show you who I really am, but. Pre- appreciate it, I, man. We're I'm big fans of yours. I remember. When you were when you were coming up, and I remember the uh, Xfinity Internet was a, a sponsor for you guys. <laughs> my yeah. those commercials and stuff. Comcast. A hundred? Oh man, those were the best. Comcast. Those were the best. <laughs> hey, the co- hey, the competition ain't that fast, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, awesome, dude. Oh man! All right, guys, you guys have a blessed night. I gotta get some dinner in me, man. 
right, hey, sooner or later, I'll sooner or later I'll get on your podcast. All right. Hey, that would be great. We'd love to have you on. I got to figure out all that stuff, and we'll do it. Thanks, man. All right, guys, have a good one. You too. Anyways, oh, that's awesome. That was one of the craziest things. So yeah, I mean, we're just sitting having conversation. Next thing you know, Joel Zumaya joined our our uh, our live stream, which was uh, pretty cool to say the least. I, I was pretty pumped about it, and hopefully he comes on with us. That would be even cooler. But John, did you do you actually watch? Did you see that happen or no? Or did I, 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 I did not, and it took a second, and it's like that is Joel Zumaya, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> him, you know? right? It could it could not be him, but then when he started talking, it's like that's definitely Joel Zumaya. Yeah. But. No, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, and he's an all time favorite pitcher of mine. Not like I'm not saying he's my favorite pitcher on the Tigers, but he's in that category. Yeah. Like the of the era of pitchers that we've seen he was in the, such a in the rec- bullpen. And, oh, just recognizable. Like every yep. everybody loved Joel Zamai. It was he, so exciting. And he fed off of the crowd, which made it the best. Yeah. You know, it's like those are the guys you want to have. It's, it's yeah, like and it was right in that era where, I mean, the entire city and state were on fire for the Tigers. Yeah, like I've never seen before. That was it was so who was your fun. Tiger campaign? Like, like I, yeah, there were probably twelve guys that was somebody's favorite. Oh some yeah, point. everybody was loved insane. the whole team. Yeah, it was such a fun, fun era. And who? Do you, never mind. I was going to ask you guys who got that goal. But you probably a, didn't l- see a lot that. of Detroit Rogers. sports teams were playing good at that time Gabriel, too. You know, Land- Lands- Landis Cog. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean, that was probably one of the best eras in, in Detroit sports. You had the Pistons at the t- the top. Yep. Red Wings were at the top. Pistons or Tigers were finally doing something good. Lions might have won a game that year, which was awesome. I mean, it was just it's it was a fun fun era, and we were we were all did. kids, <laughs> you know. No, did they have did they have Calvin? <laughs> Those are all in sixteen. Yeah, right? did, they, did they have Calvin <laughs> at some point? You know, in that window. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it was it was a fun time, and I feel like it's it's coming soon for our teams again. I really really believe that it's coming. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority. But we love both like a fat kid loves cake. This is State of My Sports. I'd say one of the more interesting teams in in Detroit are the Detroit Pistons. And what we have this week is is the NBA draft. Yeah, it should be fun. Which is pretty exciting. I mean, yeah, it sucks falling to five, blah, blah, blah. But you look at and you start listening and hearing what people are saying about these guys. There's some pretty good names on here. They should end up with a pretty solid player that, that should fit the way that they want them to, if that's fair to say. Most likely, they're going to have their pick of the guards. If, if they okay. are looking for a guard, they're going to have their pick of all the guards in this draft. I mean, that's the very likely scenario. So Kings could go, and I don't know if, how you want to really jump into this. I'll let you lead, I guess. So I, one thing that I found on online was, uh, on The Athletic, actually, was, was a nice anonymous scouting report. So what they do is they take anonymous scouts, and they ask them about a specific player, and... Um, just give their tr- their true feelings on them, I guess, and how they would, you know, scout them. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting because it was good for me to like just. I'm I'm not gonna sit and watch film and be like, oh, I like this guy. This guy's really good. I obviously kind of like the, do, the yeah. Shannon, the Shaden Sharp, like the swinging, like the high ceiling type guy. Like that's interesting to me. But I'm never gonna have a real opinion. I'm not, and that's where I'm really gonna kind of mostly trusting you guys to to kind of lead this conversation. Um, but I figure a fun way to start it is basically just start by some of the, the, the interesting names that in, in what um, people think of them or what this scout specifically says about them. So what I want to do is, is, is start out, and I'm going to 
I'm going to get up and, and get all nice and close to the camera. I'm actually going to change the screen so it's not so weird looking when me up there. Um, but what I want to do is basically start out with what um, the, the, the three guys that left the state of Michigan, if that makes sense. So we got three guys that left the state of Michigan, um, Max Christie, Musa Diabati, and Caleb Houston. A lot of people think they left early. And I so when I found this article, those were the first names that came to mind. It's like, all right, what are the scouts saying about him? So I'm going to start with Max Christie. Can you tell me a little bit what you guys think of Max Christie? Obviously coming out of Michigan State, but, you know, where where does he fit in the in the NBA landscape as I look this up? Well, first I think with Max Christie, you, you didn't get to see what kind of player he could have been at Michigan State. He did fall within their system, and – the Michigan State system is m- way more structured than a lot of other systems out there. So he didn't have the freedom to just go do whatever he wanted. Maybe sometimes he had the freedom to shoot when he wanted, but definitely within the framework of the offense. So um, I think a lot of what you, what teams are going to be banking on is that there's some untapped potential here or maybe some uh, higher level upside from the pro side compared to the, to the college game. All right. Good shooter. Uh, can score. He definitely has offensive talent, and he has enough athleticism to play defense and maybe be like a Gary Harris type um, of player. So if, if you're not familiar with Gary Harris, he's at this point he's a, a seasoned vet in the NBA. He's starting to bounce around a little bit later, later on, but he was definitely a big important role or played an important role with the the Denver Nuggets right. in their last, you know, um the run here. So All right, so so the, an anonymous scout said about Max Christie's 66 freshman guard on Michigan State. This is what he said. He said, "I was hoping all year for more and I I never really got it. He's a nice kid who struggles with confidence. I like his size, I like his stroke, but he didn't make shots. With his numbers and production, I'm surprised he came out. He doesn't create the ball or create with the ball in his hands." Shooting is going to be a big thing for him because with his body type and the speed of the game, he's going to have a lot to get used to. He played 31 minutes a game as a freshman and still didn't produce. He didn't show any toughness. He's not a point guard. I wish I would have I wish he would have gone back to school. I wouldn't be surprised if someone takes a flyer on him. You got to be patient with him. John, what are your thoughts on on that analysis of, of Max Christie? Oh, I mean, it's. I think it's spot on. The only thing I can think of when it comes to Max Christie is he comes with NBA caliber pedigree, right? His du- his dad's Doug Christie had a good career in the NBA. Played for the Sacramento Kings for a few years there. I don't. I don't. Again, it's a flyer. It's you're you're hoping on a prayer. It. Uh, it's it's like the Pistons drafting Luke Kennard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but instead of Luke Kennard in the first round, thirteenth, fourteenth overall, this is a guy that's going to go at the end of the first round, oh, or most yeah. likely second round. Yeah, right. I, so there's I, a different level there. Oh, for sure. I think at that point, at, at that point in the draft, you you really are getting a talented, talented higher upside type of guy. Who I don't think higher upside doesn't always have to be a star in the league. I think a higher upside guy can be a starting guard in the league that doesn't set the league on fire. You know, he just does his role really well. And and plays tough defense, and you can send him down to the you know the G League, and um, if you know if he's not ready to be on the lineup yeah. day one, yeah, save you a little bit of money. I don't know what the contracts all come out to, yeah. um, but again, a guy that you're not really looking to depend on, like maybe starting on a team, a, a role player, bench player, but man, the NBA is just full of stars right now. I just don't see him 
but not everybody's an alpha. So he goes to Michigan State. They're, they're, they have a lot of depth, older guys. He's not going to walk in there. It takes a, a different kind of personality to walk in and demand the room. Jaden Ivey didn't do that as a freshman. Especially a Tom Izzo-led team. Yeah, yeah you don't he never do let, He never really lets freshmen come in and, and lead a team. No. You know what I mean? Like it, the, Even if he wanted to, he's not given the chance to. And I'm not calling out Tom Izzo. It's just the way he likes no, to do Draymond it. Draymond Green didn't, per- it wasn't wrong. his team until he was a sophomore. Yep. Oh, wow. How did that get in? That was crazy. Was that point? Sorelli? Um, all right. Next was Musa Diabati, uh, who's a 6'10 freshman forward from Michigan. Uh, this is what the scout said. He said, I was surprised he left Michigan really, really raw. He's another guy that doesn't really have anything that translates. He's good around the goal, but he's got a lot of work to do. He's really limited as an offensive player, but he's long and has defensive versatility. He makes some good reads, but I wouldn't say he has high basketball IQ. He's not going to rebound in traffic. I'd rather see him go back to school, but he's got big upside. What do you think of that that analysis of Musa? I, I look at it as a, a guy like Franz, or sorry, not Franz Wagner, his brother, Mo, Mo, Mo Wagner. Wagner. He could have come back from one more year. You know, he needed a little more development. Same with uh, Mitch McGarry. Um, again, I, he showed signs there late in the season in the tournament. Like, he, he was a, I don't know, a guy that they ran the ball through quite a bit. Um, I wish him the best, but I'd rather I'd rather him play. Come a, back. Yeah, play yeah. in Wolverines jersey next year. Sure. I, I just don't see the upside to him going back to school. I, I really don't so see, you don't think like. It could be like a Jaden Ivey type thing? Where, no, 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 no. Okay. Be- because I don't think the basketball skills there. He has so much upside because he's long, he's athletic, and he needs to find a niche. If he okay. can, if he can make buckets, he's going to shoot over people, you know, and that's literally what the NBA is all about. That that's like the KD. Effect. I'm not saying he's KD caliber. Don't get me wrong, but that's the KD effect. Guys that can stroke from outside and have that size, length, athleticism, it's unguardable. Yeah, it's like the prototypical like frame, honestly. But he's not going to get that at, at Michigan. He's not going to get the opportunity to be that guy. Oh no, especially with Dickinson coming because back. Because Dickinson is here. coming back, and the guy, okay. they got guys that they want to get on the floor too. Um, yeah, and so I, I think in, in I think this re, these decisions come down to the G League and how much more utilized it is in recent years compared to what the way it was in the past. Yeah. These guys are going to go to the G League most likely. They're going to get playing time. They're going to learn. They're going to develop. They're going to work with pro coaches now. And they're, the teams are that have drafted them are going to watch them and see how they develop. And, and, and put if they time shoot, and effort into them. Put, and in the G League, yeah. he can go down there and shoot as much as he wants. Yeah. Nobody's going to be mad about him shooting too much. Yep. That's what they do in the G League. They shoot way too much. Yeah. So I, I think it's a... a I get what these scouts are saying. I actually 100% agree with both of them, uh, the ones that we've gone through. Yeah. But I also don't fault the kids from going out. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, read this last one with, with uh, Caleb Houston. Well, you guys kind of think of maybe some players that you'd be interested to see what scouts are saying about them that could land um, more for the Pistons. Um, just let me know, um, and then we'll, we'll search those. But real quick for Caleb Houston, who's a 6'8 freshman forward out of Michigan, um, they said – this scout said, uh, should have gone back to school. He didn't have a good year. He was overwhelmed at times out there. He doesn't have one thing that really jumps out to you. He just doesn't have the foot speed yet, and he's got a slow shot. He's not a great athlete, a little heavy-legged. Um, I love his stroke. It looks good, or it looks great. It just never goes in. I watched him three times this year. <clears throat> Excuse me, this year. And he never played well. He's missing the toughness piece. He's a basketball IQ and high character. 
guy. I wonder about the, his competitiveness. He has very scary lack of confidence in his shooting. Real quick about what, what do you guys think of that? It like seems a, a little harsh. It's about the worst, yeah, like <laughs> harshest way. It's just of like, it. oh, what did I say about this guy? I'm going to copy and paste it. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think Caleb Houston is one of those that would actually benefit going back to school. And I, and like, I don't think the other two guys, Diabati and, and Christy, I don't think they suffered for as, from as much of uh, lack of confidence as Caleb Houston. And that is, I think, the biggest thing with college that you can grow in and, and learn how to be an alpha on your team and grow in your confidence. And the other guys weren't lacking in that. It was more skill that they're trying to develop. I think Caleb Houston really did have an opportunity to go back to Michigan and be the guy and learn how to, to run an offense through him and to carry his teammates and to, and to have that pressure on his shoulders. And that would have been a growing up experience for him that I think would have been really, really valuable. All right. So is there any particular players that you guys are interested to know what the scouts are saying or this particular scout is saying about them? Like outside of those guys from from just Michigan? What's the question? The rest of the draft? Just just a particular player that that you're interested in, in hearing about. That, that could land for the I've, Pistons I've or be all, a top three pick. I've like, got all my opinions already. I don't well, care I, I want to know. I want. All right, let's go go through a couple of these. You mean now. who could be like uh, potential or like worthy uh, uh, of a pick at five? I mean, because there's there's a lot of names in that. If hat you wanted right to now. know about Jabari Smith, who's going number one, I would read that. Just tell me a, a player's name that is very interesting to you that you want to know what these anonymous scouts are saying. Give me Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. Because I've right. heard mixed reviews. All right, Keegan. Let's settle the score. <laughs> I was so confused about the question. I wasn't trying to make it hard on you or anything. I just I didn't know, know what either. to do. I know you don't try to, but you do. All right, Keegan Murray, <laughs> six eight sophomore forward out of Iowa. This is what the anonymous scout said. Boy, I love that kid. He's ready to play now. He can go inside and out. He's a better athlete than people think, and he can really stroke it. He yeah, scores that. like a pro. Big time shooter, efficient basketball player. He's got he's got to get stronger because he's probably better served as the four but he had one of the more flawless seasons of anyone. He's sneaky athletic. He's almost 22, so that will be an issue for some organizations. He's a smart defender. His ball handling has to tighten up. He's like a Tobias Harris or TJ Warren. Does that settle the score for you? That this anonymous scout put in for us? Yeah, it makes me feel better about him. The Tobias Harris uh, reference is... I don't know. That's above average, right? He's an above average player in the NBA. Yeah, I but. think I think I don't think that's a bad comparison. Um, I I don't think that's his upside though. I think he's got more upside than Tobias Tobias Harris, and I and I really like Tobias Harris. I think he's actually still undervalued in, in NBA right now. I think what he nailed is that he's sneaky athletic. Keegan Murray. People want to dog him like he's not this great athlete, which means he doesn't have high upside. Aren't we aren't we past that at this point? Like Luka Doncic is not a, a star athlete, he but he's a star basketball player. Like if the guy's a good basketball player and can hoop, like can't we just get past that and say that he's a great basketball player? Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna say that he's in the same uh, caliber as the guy Zion Williamson, but at the other end of that spectrum, right? Like too athletic for his own good in a way. Like, yeah, injury prone. So. Well, and and I think what what you get out of the guy like. Uh, Keegan Murray is he was the best scorer volume wise in the NCAA last year and not only that but he was also the most efficient scorer in the NCAA super efficient yeah if like, he's at five do you want him 
I would, I would, if if the Pistons took him at five, I would be ecstatic. Find I would a way be to really, love it. yeah. It, now, I don't know who I actually want more. There's some other guys on the list here. We'll get into mock draft stuff, but if, if they pick him at five, they better have the number seven from Portland to follow that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if they pick him at five, then they they would probably want to move Jeremy Grant to make room for him. One name that I find interesting is Chet Holmgren, because I think yeah, I John, you're not a big Holmgren guy. No, I don't think you are either, Ryan. Oklahoma City, they were taking him. They but have it to. seems like he he seems he seems to be rising even more. Like people expected him to fall, and he's just kind of staying at least mock think, draft wise. I think there's a good chance he goes number one overall. This is what they say about Chet Holmgren, seven uh, one freshman forward out of Gonzaga. He's probably potentially the game or. He could potentially change the game. The concern is his bo- is the body, obviously, uh, but he's got toughness to him. You can elbow him, and he's coming back at you. He does literally everything. He can shoot, can pass, handles well for his size. He'll get a lot of clean looks from three because he'll be guarded by fours and fives. He'll shoot in the pick, up, pick and pop, whatever that means, and get a lot of trial threes. There's there haven't been a lot of guys that look like him physically so you worry about his durability tiny hips tiny shoulders so i don't know how much his body will fill out guys will guys never seem to get a clean hit on him he shot 73 percent from two and 39 percent from three what he does offensively or defensively is unprecedented he's an unbelievable weak side shot blocker do you guys like Chet Holmgren? I I really like Chet Holmgren. He's a, he's a really good basketball player. He's got extremely high basketball IQ, which is probably the best part about his game. And and, and everybody else might look at his seven one frame and some other things that he does, and he can handle the ball like a like a guard, and he can shoot, and he can do all this stuff. But his basketball IQ is elite. I think coming at at the age that he is right now, the complete unknown is that there's no precedent. They, they keep saying unprecedented like it's a good thing. I can look at that as a scary thing or a bad thing, saying mm-hmm. that we've never seen a guy with his frame do anything successfully in the NBA. All right. The closest guy that we've seen is like a Sean Bradley, which I get that Sean Bradley is nowhere near the NBA player, oh, basketball IQ athlete that Chet Holmgren is, but that that is a comparison where he just got f- completely physically overmatched in the NBA for a long time. That could happen to Chet. So that's my worry about the whole thing. And he could be injury prone. Nobody knows his body type and if it can hold up. The closest guy body type to him is probably Kevin Durant. So he's held up pretty well over the years. But he's okay. It's di- but it's different, though. It's not the same. Yeah. Yep. No, that's for John. Yeah, I just, Real quick. I just don't want him to slide to five. Uh, he, he also won't. I think of yeah. all the guys, Paolo is the only guy that could fall to us out of the top three. And I'd be all right with that. And that and that's an opportunity. I mean, that absolutely. That would be actually a good discussion between Paolo and and Keegan Murray. In my I'm mind. I'm pretty confident that uh, Troy Weaver is going to do something draft night, and it it sure might feels like it. it might not even be Jeremy Grant. Um, there's gonna there's gonna be some fireworks. I hope I really do because uh, this is a, a clutch opportunity. Not that this is a strong draft class by any means. But there's some really solid players at all positions that we need depth and maybe a starter to right. fill a void. Ryan, you brought up Paul Benchero as a guy that could potentially fall. John, you, you mentioned that as well. This is what they said about him. He's a 6'10 freshman out of Duke. There's a lot to like there, but rebounding is a big concern, and so is his actively 
activity. activity as a shot blocker. You don't need the knack for finding the ball, but you also didn't see it with Bam with Bam Adebayo when he was coming out. He's going to try to play out there, but it, but he's more of a four, not a three or a five. He's he's not a freak athlete, but he's big and strong. I worry about getting seduced and slowing down, uh, but he can handle and pass. With a body like that, he should be around the rim more. I'm not sure about his upside. I'm not sure if his upside is as high as the other guys at the top of the draft. He's a good player, but I don't think he's a franchise guy. His shooting is a little bit uncertain right at this point. So I, I that is exactly what people are worried about with Paulo. I think he's dominated at every single level. He dominated in high school. He was the number one high school player for four years in his class. He has always been big. He's always been able to handle the ball. I think where he fits best is if you really want him to be the decision maker in your in your offense. So where he fits best is you give him the ball at the key or, or at the top of the key, and then from there he makes all the decisions. He either kicks it out to one wing or the other, or he, he does a little like you know one-on-one action and, and pulls up and shoots. Right. And personally, I don't know if that fits super well with where the Pistons are right now. It's more of a fit than not necessarily like a – you don't think he's not going to be good. It just might not be the right fit for I, what the. I look are at doing. Killian Hayes and I think he's a good defensive player, but he's not an elite athlete. I look at Cade Cunningham and he's a he's a great defensive player, offensive player, but he's not an elite elite athlete. I think I look at like across the board. If we had another, if we had another guy like that, Paulo, who's a good athlete but not an elite athlete, we might be outmanned against some teams that have great athletes. Who do you think is the best athlete in this draft? Jaden Ivey is far and away the best athlete in this draft. And I think you could have said the same thing about him in last year's draft. Even with <laughs> even with a guy like Jalen Green. So I just pulled up his Jaden I or Jaden Ivey, six four sophomore guard, Purdue. Best athlete in the draft. He has an explosive like Russell Westbrook or John Wall. He's gonna be able to get downhill at will. He was able to bail himself out at the college level, although I'm not sure that works up here. Bull he, does. You think so? Oh yeah. Um it actually probably works better. It does work better. <laughs> um, he puts so much pressure on the defense with his speed. He's got a great. He's a. He's not a great shooter, but he's improved. People want to know if he can be a full-time point guard because he played a lot off the ball. The one concern would be lack of ball skills. He's not a point guard, but man, he's so athletic. Those guys succeed. He'll be a better NBA player than a college player. Seems a little backwards there. Like, it doesn't seem to work out in the game, but then he says that he's going to be a better NBA player than college player. If he's at five, is that the pick? It I, seems to be the right fit. It seems that, to be what we need. It seems to be the replacement for Jeremy Grant. That would that would make me the most excited. It's if an we were to upgrade get from Jeremy Grant. Potentially. Well, if it develops. Different position. Oh, is but, it? Okay. Yeah. But, like, this, the he, Jeremy Grant's our best athlete, right? <laughs> like, Pro- it, probably Kate Cunningham overall, or Marvin Bagley even. Uh, okay, or maybe Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I don't know. there's a lot of names in that hat. You know, honestly, you could probably throw Isaiah Stewart in there in a way, just because like he hustles. Like he's yeah. got he's got that explosiveness as a big guy. But um, yeah, he would he would stick out in Detroit. And it's I don't know. I've kind of read some reports too, where it sounds like he wouldn't mind staying in the Midwest. I heard he wants to stay in Detroit. So like I heard maybe a little bit smaller so market, but a room for growth. Who is it that picks in front of us? The Sacramento Kings are yep. picking up four, and they're very interested in him. But he's actually come out and said he doesn't want to play in Sacramento. He doesn't is want that, any part of him. Which who does? <laughs> First yeah. of all, 
They're, but look, he's with looking, the, he, it, he, he seems like the guy that somebody will trade up to get in in this draft. Like nobody's going to trade up to one because they're, they're not going to move down, right? Like one two seem to be a lock and, and flip flop. Jabari Smith and, and Chet Holmgren, right? Like I guess it depends on how it goes, but the Thunder that's are what the we're wild hearing, card. right? In my mind, the Thunder are the wild card. They could go get Jaden Ivey and shock everybody. That could yeah. be the draft night upset, I guess, like a wild card that would throw off the whole draft. And then from there, it's like people are probably going to be throwing their trade offers in to try to get somebody. Yeah. And then Chet Holmgren would fall to five. Detroit would draft him, and it'd be another Darko. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm uh, you got ready to go. No, I I've heard some reports that Detroit wants to trade up to four. But then I've also heard the the Jeremy Grant for hopefully number seven. But I've heard that okay, they're not willing you, to give. Don't up use Jeremy Grant to move up one spot. Hold on though, they're, they, this is a cat and mouse game. So the so right now the Kings have leverage because they want they're saying they want Jeremy Grant. So there's all this the interest. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Kings don't want Jeremy Grant. The, the Kings want uh, Jaden Ivey. So okay. the Kings are saying like they're going to draft Jaden Ivey, but Jaden Ivey's come out and said he doesn't really want to play for him, yeah. and he'd love to play for Detroit. He's even said he'd love to play for the Pacers. Okay. So he wants his options open outside of the Kings. However, the Pistons have been coming out saying how much they love uh, um, Keegan Murray. Okay. So they're they're basically playing the other side of that, saying, "Go ahead, take a. We don't care. Like, go get a cancer on your team that doesn't want to play for you guys. Yeah, good luck. We are in love with this other guy, and that rumors are that's who the Kings really want. So what they're trying to do is get the Pistons to trade up or a different team to trade up, and then realize that they can get Keegan Murray at number six or seven down the road, or even five with the Pistons. Yeah. But the Pistons are basically calling their bluff and saying, "Hold on, no." If you let Keegan Murray fall to us at five, we're taking him. No matter what, you won't get your guy later on. Yeah. And the weird thing is that I think people I forget it. about is, like, nobody's going to trade up to four on draft day. But what they'll do is they'll trade up after Sacramento makes their selection because that happens so much in the NBA. It's like, yeah, he was drafted by Team A, but he's actually going to go put on the head of Team B. Like, all that kind of stuff happens, and it's really weird. Luca and Trey Young, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Three. So like I don't know, it's just crazy, but yeah. Yeah. So the potential, it, it, the potential's there. It'll be it'll be very very interesting. Well, they do that um, so they make sure they get their guy. Absolutely. Who could be a player that might be worth trading back up into the first round to get? Trading back up, so or I, just trading what, what, trading for an additional first round pick? Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily want to say move like get number seven for okay. for for Jeremy Grant. I guess I'm more thinking. If somebody's in the twenties, that's falling. Mid, mid Twenty, to, mid yeah. To late like, round. is there somebody that that's interesting to you? A specific name or player that you think is a good fit or taking a flyer on? Is there is there like a list of, of no, players? I, I, I didn't. Sorry, well, I didn't add that. But I, I, I do have I do have some here. If you wanna, if can, you want me to, can I just throw like a, a random? This is this is a higher end guy, but watch out for Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels out of the G League. He this this is a. Six eight six nine guard type, like point guard type, but can also play two or three. Uh, has a seven foot wingspan. He, to me, his three point shot looks really good. His numbers aren't that great, um, but he's a really really smart player. So he's from Australia. He is pass first guy. He's another one of these Cade Cunningham high IQ pass the ball first, but can score kind of at will and do, and do different things. Um, I think. He's been rising up draft boards. He's he's going to be a top ten pick. Yeah, yeah, and and I think he. I might mean, they actually just showed, beat out they just showed an ad of of the players, and there was four guys, and then 
Dyson Daniels was the fifth guy that they showed. So like, yeah, it sounds like he might be the one skyrocketing. Yeah, I think I think uh, actually. Oh uh, man, I wish I could hear this. Terry Eason as well. I I think uh, forward out of LSU, six eight. He's got one of those NBA bodies that people really like. Okay, and he didn't have a team around him to do too much at the college level, but people see the tools that he has. Uh, somebody could really like him. I think Ron Harper Jr. actually is a really underrated basketball prospect just because he's not an amazing athlete, but he's six, Rutgers. six. My goodness. Yeah. Like again, NBA pedigrees in his bloodline. Like it's full of those, them right now. Yeah. Those guys like they, they know basketball. He's good. He, he was good, but I mean, Rutgers is not good. He can't, he can't carry a team like that in the big 10. Well, and he tried. He it's, did his uh, best. I think. And like, he kind of went there for like personal reasons, you know, not, not because Rutgers was the best offer that he got. Um, and yeah, he could he could be a late first rounder for sure. Um, anybody reasonably worth trading up from five to get? I think we kind of already discussed that with with Jaden Ivy, maybe, but probably just just play it out and call their bluff. We are don't either trade up, don't give up assets. Yeah, we're either gonna get one of the top three best guys on there that everybody's considering the top three, or we're gonna get, uh, sorry, Jaden Ivy, or yep. we're gonna get Keegan Murray. All right, Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp, we got to bring it up just really quickly. Okay. Shaden Sharp is the wild card. Absolutely. He, he's the one that can change the draft because somebody is betting on his upside. He's got upside. He plays pretty similar to a guy like uh, Bradley Beal. Okay. Probably. Would be the closest comparison. Um, so one thing that I was thinking about the other day. So I was on a nice little bike ride. That's been my new thing, just trying to ride my bike. It's an easy workout. doesn't kill my body as much. Well, so. your, your car broke down. That's what my car did break down, too, <laughs> so I've been riding my bike for that. But I've made this decision in my head that it's for the best of me. So thank you. Thanks Sorry. for clearing that up. Um, but Ruined it. I was thinking about this. It's like, and, and this is this is honestly my, my thoughts. I didn't hear this anywhere. All right, top three picks. The teams are saying we cannot miss on this. We can't be the guys that missed on player X, Y, or Z. We like, you know what I mean? Like pick one is we got to take the best guy the that everybody's saying to take for the most part. Let's just pretend that that's what people do. They take the first pick because they don't want to be the team that didn't take the best player in the draft at one. Pick two is like, hey, we'll get the second best. You you tell us which one we're taking, one or two. You know what I mean? And then when you get into the three, it's like, okay, we, it's like kind of the the missing guy. Like, We'll just take the guy that fits us best, and people just move on. But when you get in that four, five, six range, your one and only goal is to find the best player in the draft that everybody's going to regret getting. And you take a risk on those because it's not necessarily a fit. You're not getting the necessarily the best player, but it's like the high-risk guy that's like he someday could be the best player in this draft. And that's the player that people are going to be talking about, that team one passed on team two pass on we've seen it too many times as a lions fan the next guy becomes the nfl you know defensive player of the year the next guy is the rookie of the year like we see that too often and i want the pistons to find that guy is shaden sharp that one particular guy it's like yeah someday people might be talking about him as the best player in the draft not holmgren or jabari smith do you think he's the best candidate for that type of pick I, I think maybe numbers-wise, I think he could get to the point where he's scoring 22, 23 points a game numbers in the NBA, but doesn't mean that he's winning NBA games. It doesn't mean he's playing winning basketball. Okay. I don't see 
winning basketball when I watch him. And I think this is the, the conversation when we steer it back to what the Pistons are looking for. You have to remember, as a Pistons fan, the number one most important thing that our front office cares about is the quality of human being that they're drafting and the competitiveness of the human being that they're drafting. They have made that very clear from day one that Troy Weaver's main goal is to get the right person, not basketball player, but the right person in the clubhouse and uh, uh, the competitiveness that matches all the rest of the guys. And so that worked out for Kate Cunningham. That's the reason why they wanted to get him. That worked out for Isaiah Stewart. That's why they drafted him at 16 when everybody thought it was dumb for them to go do that. That's the reason why they wanted Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay, yeah, because he's a winner. I mean, Villanova has put a lot of NBA guys out on the floor. Some flourish, some have their streaks, but I mean, Sadiq Bay is looking like the best one out of all of them. And that's saying something with Brunson and Mikhail Bridges, right, in Phoenix. Um, yeah, character guys. They got to have good character. Yeah. So, so at this point, Shaden Sharp, Shaden yeah. Sharp has didn't even start as a sophomore in high school. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that Shaden Sharp is a non-character guy. I'm yeah. not saying yeah. that. Well, but, um, but let's lay it out. So, as a freshman and sophomore, he hardly ever played. He moved as a junior and and like barely ever played uh, a little bit, and and then he moved again to a different school as a senior and crushed it like scored a whole bunch of points went and played the eybl which is one of the better you know like uh travel like uh high AAU. competition au teams basically which he was always a part of he did even a, when he, he did a good job yeah but most of it's just like pull up shots not any like b- basketball creativity or like breaking down guys or even driving that much yeah like can he jump yeah he can jump out of the gym does it mean he can blow by his guy not from what i've seen does it mean he's got a great handle not from what i've seen all right does mean does he look great shooting the ball? Yeah, he looks phenomenal shooting the ball. But all the shots are like fadeaways, like he's trying to be Kobe all the time. Never plays defense. Not that I've seen. I've seen him just let people go by. Doesn't rebound. Doesn't do a lot of stuff. He's not a hard worker from things that I've seen. Again, okay. he's no Ben Matherin, who's who's like a ultra competitive athlete who plays defense as hard as he can. Sometimes he gets beat because he overplays on defense. But I'm sure the Pistons would rather have the guy that overplays on defense and cares too much rather than a guy who you're trying to get to be competitive at all. And let's remember, then he goes to Kentucky. Yeah, might he be the number one pick next year? Yeah, he could be. He does have that upside. Which He's John got, Calperi, come off the quotes that he said. Yeah, he could be. But at the same time, he had a chance to play for Kentucky in the second semester this and he year did, he didn't and he turned it down okay and then he has a chance to go back to kentucky like he said he was going to and he turned it down and he goes to the nba then he had a chance to play in the the combine workouts and play in those games for, at the combine and he turned it down hmm. every step along the way it's like he's trying to protect his draft stock over showing what he's made of right. and that that to me huge red flag i'm not going to take a chance on a character guy all right so we do have some comments uh it looks like we got a comment here it says looks nice out on the deck yeah i, I love it it's a little warm, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful right now. Kyle, the shirt says it's all about the wood. You just can't see the about <laughs> the oh. Louisville slugger. It's all oh, gotcha. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Did you go to the factory? My godson did. He, oh, really? he saw the shirt and he's like, that's I a got, cool shirt. I got to like get that. that for John. It looks yeah. comfy, too. I wore it one time out at Golf League. It was pretty funny. And I wore it bowling one time in Bowling League. And like, yeah. the lady was like, Yeah, the wood lanes. And I was like, Sure. You know? <laughs> like, uh, um, and then he also said, Don't draft chat. Let's go, Kyle. We're all right. All right. Yeah. 
Come on, Kyle, just keep talking for me. You're, you're, saying, <laughs> you're, you're speaking my language. I did invite Kyle on the podcast tonight, and he didn't respond for a while, like usual. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for um, not responding. It's, so my, my it's, it's also very nice on the deck. Thermometer over here in my right. What is that? 70, 72? 72? Yeah. yeah about That's 72 degrees. Yeah, very nice. Um, my last question before we I put you guys on the spot with a mock draft or two. One thing that I always like with NBA is you can look year to year a little bit easier, I think, than, than other leagues. Like, you can't compare necessarily Aiden Hodgson to whoever was drafted last year not as as well. You know what I mean? In, in the way it all plays out. Based on what we're looking at, the top five this year, what we got last year with Cade, would Cade be the first overall pick in this group? No, Not not even looking at what we see from, from college, or, I mean, what we've seen from him in the pros, which I think is positive. But, like, knowing what we knew heading out of the, the league – or out of college, would he be number one, or do you think one of these other guys would be like, no, this is this is definitely easily. You e- think he would easily be number easily one? be number one the, the last uh, in this year's draft? Okay, yes, just from from what you would know out of coming out of high school and college, and, and the reason is because all of these guys, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banchero, all of them have downsides or negatives that people are worried about okay. with, with them, and, and there's like real concern at some level. There was no concern about Cade Cunningham. The only concern that, quote unquote, concern that you would have is that he might not end up being a top five player in the NBA. Okay. But you knew he was going to be an all star. So if you take, let's say, the top five in last year's draft, you got Cade, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, and let's say the top five ish players in this draft Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paulo Pinchero, um, Jaden Ivey, let's throw um, Keegan Murray in there. Like, would any of these fives that are in this this year's draft, like where would they kind of mix with last year's draft? Because I'm I'm curious, are we getting the like, best player in the sixth best player out of the top ten? You know what I mean? Like how how do where do you guys see this kind of playing out? I think they all rank six or worse behind you think all so? those guys. All yeah. five last year were, were better I, than this year. You might have an upside type guy in this year's draft that, but like on paper, like heading out of college, you you would say that. Last year's was top five was better than all five of these it, guys. It's really Com- tough. Well, I guess if yeah, coming out of college without without seeing what they did in the yeah, NBA, yeah, what they did in the NBA, again, I I don't know helps that that argument. It, it's it's easier night well, right? Maybe maybe Chet Holmgren could sneak into there. Yeah, maybe maybe and okay. maybe Jabari Smith because people just look at that forty four percent three point shooting or whatever he did at that length and they're like, man, we we are betting on the upside, but. I mean, Evan Mobley was a huge prospect last year. Like he was legit prospect that was then was drafted third overall. So Evan Mobley would leapfrog all of these guys, in my opinion. And and Jalen Green might be more of the wild card. Like it depends on the team who's drafting, who would select a guy like that. And someone might take a college guy over the unknown of the G League guy that that he was coming. Yeah, out. like Jalen Green would have been a higher upside than Jaden Ivey. In this year's draft, but they're pretty similar as far as like athletic upside, and then you hope the other things match it. We got a comment from from Todd Johnson. We'll see him on Saturday at the wedding. Pumped for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have so many beers on your dime. It is on his dime, right? Oh yeah, yeah. like the the, oh, the we we can the father of the group the bride pays for the alcohol. Yeah, so All it's right. on Todd. It's on Todd. Yep. Oh, I am going to. Oh, we're smash. That. 
something. I'm going to be drinking so much. Better be a bunch of those uh, sweet tart drinks that I mixed up for him that one <laughs> that night a, on this yeah. deck. <laughs> Is that a Friday night or a Saturday night? I don't know. We're, are we riding together? We should probably ride together. Yeah, we should probably probably just drive Uber. as little as possible. Maybe we'll just ride with Todd. Yeah. <laughs> He'll just drive us home. Todd will be our taxi. Uh-huh. Yes. Taxi Todd. Are That's you good with that, say? Todd? <laughs> we'll pay you in beer afterwards at the house. <laughs> just unload my Oh, it's wedding season. I'm I'm all in. I love wedding season. <laughs> wedding se- wedding crashes, but wedding season is I'm a all great prepped. Season. I'm ready to yeah, go. You're you're already a vet this year. But he brought up John having what does that say? The that bass voice for real. Holy smokes. John does have a can't good compete, voice. Can't compete with no, that. No, I know. I, I've been always. I've always been told I have a high voice, and then I I agree, and then John like makes it real. Like I mean, I can sit next to you, and it doesn't sound that different, right? No, mine's like, probably just, higher than yours. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I don't probably. Know. I don't know. John, who has a higher voice? <laughs> you're on the spot. I mean, it's just. I think mostly because your mic's a little bit. Got a little more, a little yeah, more gain in it. It's a little warm tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, it's, it's, anyways. It's, it's, yeah, it's unanimous. Who's got the, who's got the bass? I think I have the best radio voice personally, but that's just me. All right, huge. Hey, I, w- I yeah, <laughs> I, he, I was a threat to huge. One day he was like, <laughs> he did not like he you getting like, on the mic. Yep, you uh, you run the broadcast, bud. <laughs> I, get off I the will mic. never open your mic again. Um. All right. So what I'm gonna do. You know what, are you guys okay with not doing, like, a full-on mock draft and the goofiness? Basically, I found two mock drafts, and, and it seems like it's being pretty consistent here with Jabari Smith 1, Chet Holmgren 2, Vanchero 3. You're getting a little different um, uh, between Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray at 4. So that's basically all of the, the mock drafts that I'm finding is that. And it's hard to predict trades and stuff like that, so it's way different than NFL. It feels like the draft starts at four. It feels like it. I agree with that. Now, if Jaden Ivey is gone, is it Keegan Murray? If Keegan Murray is gone, is it Jaden Ivey? Is it flat out that's the way it is? Like, where are you guys at with that? Or is there somebody else that you would pick? I guess in my mind, I think I lean on that that side of the fence of safety. You're, you're it's a safe pick between those two. I, I really I really do think both of those guys could find a role on our roster and um flourish. But that's without studying these players like uh Troy Weaver and upper management and scouts have. And their personalities, I'm, right? And I'm conf- person. Yeah, and I'm confident in what direction they go. So if you, I guess if you're going off of uh the mock drafts, I'm cool with either of those guys at five. Yeah, and I can have the same answer. I will choose because I feel like I've done enough and I've watched interviews of these guys to try to learn a little bit about their personalities. The personality side of it. I like those two. I like Keegan Murray and I like Jaden Ivey. Between the two, I think Jaden Ivey makes me more a little bit more excited just because of the thought of having a guard with that kind of athletic upside paired with Cade Cunningham to make those kind of decisions. And I think... I, I'm almost thinking Jaden Ivey opens up, up the floor for Cade Cunningham. Everybody to wants be, to look uh, at it the other yeah, way. Yeah. Where Cade Cunningham is the one distributing, but Cade Cunningham likes working off the ball. Okay. So if you have that dynamic too, where now your one guy is always a threat to go dunk on somebody's head, and then Cade's just hanging out in the corner, like that makes our offense good too. So I that that's super exciting. I think Keegan Murray would be a phenomenal pick i think he would fit in so well and mu- play multiple roles he would contribute to that that 
um, positionless basketball and, and switching defenses that are working these days that the Pistons like to do. I think he would fall right in line there. He can shoot the three. He can score right-handed, left-handed. He is a low-post player who plays out on the perimeter when needed. Right. And so at that size, playing three or four and is a low-post threat, I think is a different dynamic in the NBA that there's not a lot of guys doing that. With athletic upside, I, I think I think that would be a great pick. Um, ben Matherin scares me a little that he could be another um, another uh, uh, old former Piston dude. Runs all over shooting shooting guard now, just a defensive menace. But yeah, I don't know. Former draft pick. Oh, Dinwiddie, the one that we traded to the Lakers. Yeah, to the Lakers, and now he's on. Oh, the, he's then on the he Wizards. got traded. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah, yeah, Caldwell Pope. KCP baby. He okay. So Ben Matherin scares me a little bit because oh three, he could <laughs> end up being a KCP. He could. So I I'm I lean more to the other guys because they because again the safe yeah the safety net there. Dyson Daniels would be the wild card if they end up drafting him. That I'm all in. I would I would buy into it. What was the the comment there? Keegan Murray's father was a serious player, better than Jeter. Wait, did he did he coach? I know I know Todd coached coach Jared Jeter. Jeter's basketball team. Did he coach? Keegan Murray's dad Keegan was Murray's another dad? another pro basketball player. Yeah. Did he coach? Todd, did you coach Keegan Murray's dad? Can we get him on the podcast if? Detroit selects Detroit selects him. <laughs> We're waiting. No, <laughs> uh, no, but that was a question. Interesting. <laughs> We're gonna sit here and wait. no, but I mean, I, <laughs> I get it. I, until he yeah, <laughs> I just don't understand the basketball enough. I'm gonna trust you guys. I'm gonna trust what people are saying, and I'm really I, I can sit back and just wait for it to happen. And then try to give my my opinion. I'll look into the film. Yeah, I, I'm not going to spend my time watching film on, on a bunch of guys that I don't really need to to care about this time next week. If that makes sense. <laughs> I'm pumped. When is the draft? Thursday. 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 Cool. Thursday. Thursday. So really, we should go play softball to hops, and then play softball. Go to the hops. Go to the hops. The draft, and then go to shots. Because yeah. the hops usually. But I also have a key for the hops, so we could lock up. Whoa. You don't, <laughs> you, no don't, you don't just pull that. <laughs> Can't say that live. live. <laughs> I'm going to get robbed for the key. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Well, we thought we'd get done before 930, but we still have a full Tiger segment to we go. Can make we can make quick. this really quick. Yeah. Um, since this time last week, uh, the Tigers lost three straight to the White Sox, being outscored 27-6. Lost the first two to Texas, 3-1 and 7-10. Tenth time getting shut out this season before calling up MLB's number two overall prospect. Um, and won the two remaining home games against the Rangers, 14-7 and 7-3. It took the previous 11 games. Did I not hit the right button? Thanks, man. Um, to score 23 runs prior to that. So... Put that into perspective. Two games, 21 runs, the previous 11, 23 runs. They had 19 hits in the 14-run game and another eight hits in the seven-run game, which are incredible numbers for this team. Rolsman led the way with five hits, five RBI, and his first two home runs of the season. Riley Green, game one, went two for three with two walks. Game two, 0 for two, but with two more walks. How many at-bats does it take to be like, all right, this dude's the real deal? For Or do you, you already know? Like, I mean, is it... 50 at-bats, 100, 
150. No, no because we know he's we, the real we deal. We do know he's the real deal. But when can I say the MLB pipeline was right that this guy's legit and he is going to be a stud? Uh, Am I allowed to say that yet? Yeah, we, we already know. I, I really believe that. But we thought that with Torkelson, and it has been a rough year. So like, Come on, Tor- Torkelson is the real deal. He's young, I'm he's getting just used saying, to the bigs. Are we going to go through the same type of thing with, with Riley Green? Maybe. Where we can say, all right, he's just getting used to the bigs? Maybe. Yeah, okay. it might still happen. It's all, it's it's a short... What did you think of his first two games? I loved it. He, he looks like a professional hitter, doesn't he? He's got the professional body already. He's huge. Um outfielder so that's a position of need for the tigers at this point like this is what we wanted to start the year this is what we were excited for rounding out our team in this lineup in the defense like he is a difference maker he feels like he's already made our team better Mm -hmm. and with this kind of a hitter that is patient as patient as he is it it only increases everybody else's ability to hit because they're going to see more pitches and it's going to put more pressure on the starting pitcher yep like, he was the spark that this team needed. Yeah, it might not be a long time, like long hot streak. I think they're losing five to one right now, so it's only one run. Uh, he was the one that runs. He was the one that scored the run, which is great. RBI for Torkelson on a sack fly, which is awesome. But like, this team needed the spark. It seems like he is that spark. Now, how do you continue? To, how do you keep the ball rolling? I mean, do we, or is it just going to be all right? Now that it's here, we just let it go and see what we can do. Like, is it? I don't expect the team to make the playoffs. I, I understand that that ship has sailed. I know we're only like eight games back or something like that, which we don't need to get into that. But I don't know. Like, he seems – it seems like it was the missing piece. And it can kind of get people to just get excited. It brought people to the ballpark. It got Torkelson's Torkelson's out. Torkelson went four for nine with two RBIs in the two games. Yeah, he's on, the, he he's on another a heater. One. He's so on a like, heater right now. Everybody always said, well, wait till his friend gets there. Like, you brought that up. Wait till Green gets there, and they are there together. That's the way it was supposed to be, and it didn't work. But, like, I don't expect all of a sudden this is what we're going to see from Torkelson. But in a lot of ways, that was right. Like, as soon as Riley Green got there, it, it changed so much. We have a couple of comments about this, don't we? Yeah. Is it Kyle saying how good the, yeah, the some, Yankees look? Something about the Tigers don't seem that good. Yankees look strong this year. <laughs> I think that's just one of those auto replies. <laughs> like, he's got that little statement, man. It's a drop. It's I a drop. Can, he's just I good for four to, five, four to five times per show. <laughs> I can't wait for Aaron Judge to double middle finger the New York on the way out and sign somewhere else. Hopefully with the Tigers. That'd be cool. I'd be all right with that. Bring him in. Sign him up. And I hope <laughs> Kyle just... You he's, know what? He's firing oh, away. Yeah. What do you say now? He asks, "Who's Riley Green? Have you guys heard of Aaron Judge?" Oh jeez. Uh, and he's he loves uh, when John reads my comments, and he has to chuckle. It cracks him up. I think I've heard of Aaron Judge actually. He he was the one who said that Riley Green's his favorite player, right? Did he really say that? When he grows up, he wants to be just like him. <laughs> yeah. He wants to be just like Riley Green. <laughs> I think that's it. That'd Kyle. be cool. Just remember that. <laughs> Riley Green will be better than Aaron Judge. We've heard. You've heard it here first. <laughs> okay. No, honestly, though, I'm I game. mean, I'm game. Are they bringing? Are they bringing the fences in a little bit in Detroit? They, or no? they need to. They need to restructure. We the, got a the new field ball field that we don't know about going restructure on. Restructure the deal. Yeah, restructure the the ballpark, then pay for Aaron Judge. Let's. There's two two. Let's go. Who got that one? Landis Cog again? Isn't it three two? Isn't it two three? Two two. Isn't it's it? Three to two, baby. Oh wait, when did Tampa score the third? Uh, at nine twenty-seven and twenty-nine <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Kyle yelled out, ago. "Goal!" It was all caps. Five. That's five. We just need six. Over under. Yeah. 
Let's go. Yeah. Oh, it'll happen. Oh, Easy yeah. They got I hope another, so. They got another period, don't yeah. they? Yeah, <laughs> they got more than a period. They got a, over a period and a half, I think. That's another 30 shots that'll be on goal. Yeah. Well, that is that Vasilevsky, right, for yeah. Tampa Bay? He just made a crazy he, save. He also looked like his saves have been insane, but, then, but he also but has let in some weak, weak yeah, ones yeah, and that, looks uncomfortable. Like, he's even yep. been centered a couple times. It's like, holy smokes, that is not Vasilevsky that I'm used to seeing. It, it's pretty interesting. But um, real quick. For the red, for the Tigers to officially, like, feel the Riley Green effect, and this team gets back on the right track. The upcoming schedule is three against Boston, three at the Diamondbacks, three at the Giants, and then home for seven games against the Royals and Guardians. Is that when we will know if this is a true effect on this team? What we're going to see moving forward, or is it just like a, a little blip? Like, what do you expect to see out, out of this these this next chunk of games? It, it's got to be sustained. But, yeah, I think we're going to know. This is like when the summer's in the, the midpoint dog season, days. right? Yeah. And it's not the dog days because that's August when everybody's tired. It's like you, you're really being tested at that point of the season. But this is where everybody should be getting hot. This gets us pretty close to August. So last year, <laughs> if you remember, with Torkelson, though, if you remember last year, Torkelson – struggled early on in the season and yep. it was a, it was around when june started when he got super hot and then just went nuts for june and july and august got called up quick yeah to triple a like it he yeah he went up. from high a to double a to triple a like real quick and i think if if he can continue the success that he's had and i know he's maybe a little late than we were hoping for starting this but if if he follows the hot weather and he gets hot through july and august um you know that that's going to be the Tigers really could try to do something. Now, with all the, the starting pitching woes that we've had and all the injuries and everything, I don't expect them to compete this year. I'm not I'm not I don't think that's actually a it's, feasible it, path it, Basically what we talked about heading into the season was don't let the a slow start ruin this season. Yeah. And they did. And and they did. Yes, absolutely. Yep. But but also for good reason. We we injury, lost yeah. so many players yeah. due to injury, but we've also earned it with just Awful, awful offense. No hitting at all. Just mm-hmm. swinging at garbage. I've, I've never seen Baez look so bad, um, but I also kind of expected it at the same yeah. time. So nope, that's fair. Let's let's. Good job, guys. We moved on quick from that one. Wrong one. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. What's that? You're listening to State of My Sports. A blend. Oh, I, I could have had it? that in the background. Yeah, is that what you call it? I like, could have blended it, I like guess. Two songs blended or something? Yeah, that was a little... I think it's called a remix. NFL draft and draft, uh, <laughs> draft tunage in the background. All right, you remixed it. Fine. Anyways, uh, bettinghero.com, promo code MIBET. Sign up if you're interested in, in betting on sports, which is a blast. I, I'm not going to lie. I do it way too often, but it's it's worth it. And it's small amounts of money. I don't, I'm not putting my, my family at risk. Doing a good job with that, but um, yeah. Go to betting here. If you're interested in that, go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS. Tell them you live in the state of Michigan. What it does is lay out all the best promos available in sports betting world. So you can get BetMGM, FanDuel, DraftKings. They have great promos. All of them do. Um, so opt into those, and, and it's always always a good time. Um, what we did last week was our U.S. Open draft, and we do have the results. Uh, Micah had Scheffler with his first pick, and he tied for second. He had McElroy with his second pick. He tied for fifth. Lowry missed the cut, but he had whatever Fitzpatrick who ended up first. How did he get Fitzpatrick? I I don't know. I feel was like he's back totally from the future. Random? He had the sports almanac or something. Yeah, was that t- so random? I never even heard of Fitzpatrick. 
I listen to Is he the, Irish? He's got to be. Uh, no, I think he's like from England, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, I, well, that could be Irish, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and listening to the replay of the podcast, I wasn't there live. I didn't get my yeah, chance. Yeah, your picks were awful. I know. I didn't get a chance to pick some of these big names that, uh, I, I don't know. You would have had Fitzpatrick for your first pick, wouldn't you? If I oh if I dra- <laughs> yeah. only if I had the first overall pick. yeah yeah uh no but it sounded like on the show he was just like uh, give me Matt Fitzpatrick <laughs> like you <laughs> right? know was, I don't know what he was thinking maybe uh, uh, the name sounded better I don't know yeah I, uh, hey great for him though so, so like I said I mean we don't really lay out rules to this yeah but I, I would assume Micah won I mean he had the first second and fifth yeah. player i mean yeah he had the cut but man that's that's pretty dang good oh that's amazing i feel like <laughs> impressive. Yeah, nobody's uh fourth overall pick is the one that's going to be like the deciding <laughs> factor he, was, he was the last pick in yeah. our draft yeah. yeah which is just crazy uh, before your all your picks but um ryan you <laughs> had uh smith who was cut zalatoris tied for second good for you cam smith thomas uh tied for 37th cut. and brooks kepka at 55th i would personally say i beat you because I had all four guys meet, uh, make the cut. Is that uh, true, though? John Rahm. Sam's really good at picking guys that just make the cut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Congrats. You finished 12th outside the top 10, you mother effer. Um, DJ uh, tied for 24th. Morikawa tied for 5th. And Spieth tied for 37th. So Solid, though. Right? Not bad. Not Only bad. one, what, two players missed the cut? I, that's not bad. That's not bad. We did yeah. good. I think all four of your players missed the cut, though. Oh, I Man, believe so. <laughs> I just I be- went to the I bottom of the I list of the odds so. and drafted. I actually also. listed a couple other names that I was like, "Look out for," and they all missed the cut too. <laughs> so like, I'm glad I was at my. You're end. glad you were missing out on that one. Um, also, the NBA draft results are in with the Warriors winning. Micah won the NBA draft by taking Golden State. I think it was with his third pick. Man, he's on a, a hot streak right yeah, now. Yeah, who beat Ryan's Boston Celtics? Um, and then in the NHL draft update here. We got Ryan's Avalanche are leading Micah's Tampa Bay Lightning two to nothing with game three at three to two for Tampa. Right I got to knock so. him down a peg. Like yeah, he's getting a little cocky out there. I can I, can I tell. want the Abs to win this, and I know like it. It's probably unpopular, but I love this Abs team. I really do. They are a fun team to watch. They are so fast. They're making Tampa Bay look slow. They really. I mean this this game has been different. But what they did to him on, on uh, was it Saturday with the seven nothing win, just complete domination. They held him to like seventeen shots, and that was a generous number with the way that, that game was played. Just an impressive beatdown. Doesn't happen very often in the NHL. It was crazy to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we'll see how how it all all plays out. It'll, it'll be fun, right? So wings need more speed. Wings need <laughs> a lot of speed. And get rid of Lark. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go down so there. So that you just draft speed then. Stam Coast, baby. I had him. Yes. Wow. Man, my ears. Anytime goal up. scorer. Let's go. You got to love when that happens. That's the over, too. Well, it's at least pushing the over under. So I'll take that. That's that's nice. That's nice to see. With one and five-eighths periods left to play. Love it. <laughs> like, love it. And I also, all right, I don't need to tell you guys all my bets. I don't even know all my bets. It's a problem. But um, one thing that I like to do, I, so I personally really like FanDuel. Did you go through my bets with these bets that you're talking about tonight? Oh, yeah. We use so many of these. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, it's Just making nice. sure. Promo it's code state of my sport. And <laughs> my bets, yeah. And my bets. Oh. Exactly. Um, but for Betting Dinger Tuesday, so if you have FanDuel, they have what they call Dinger it. Tuesday. What you do is you can bet up to $25 on a player to hit a home run. I recommend doing the 25 because then you can get the max bonus. What, what it does is you have that $25 for that specific player to hit a home run. If your bet wins or loses... 
every home run that's hit in that game, you get $5 as well in free bets, which is awesome. So, like, let's say what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to go with Austin Riley for the Atlanta Braves, and this is why. Atlanta is only the 14th home run run friendly ballpark this year, but both the Giants and Braves are top 10 in homers um, hit. Um, That's where you can get your money because if there's a lot of home runs combined, you get your money back at least. And if Austin Riley gets it, let's say he's going to be maybe plus 300. Usually that's fair. Sometimes it's more like plus 280, but that's a, a fair number for these guys. $25 bet. You get that. So let's say Austin Riley hits one. Let's say there's four other home runs in there. You're making a crap ton of money off your $25 bet, and you're getting all the free bets because there's a bunch of home runs. You can get up to $25 in free bets if, if five home runs are hit in that specific game. So a lot of home runs in that Atlanta game. There's still no starters named for either, so it could be one of those crazy bullpen games or just like position players throwing the ball and just serving them up. That, look, it's going to happen. It's gonna be there's gonna be five home runs at least. Austin Riley hit one of them. That's my goal. Let's go. You like that, Austin Riley? Yeah, I like it. He's got uh, eighteen this year. And Atlanta's on a run right now. They were, yeah. I mean, it, they they've cooled off a little bit. They won like I think like fifteen straight or something Some, like that. It got close like that. to that. Yeah. And then I think they've gone two and two since or something. But oh. I mean, they're they're a good team. They're finally firing um, the way that people thought they would, but. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm doing. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. Shorts brewing. That's what we're drinking. Margarita IPA. India right? pale ale with lime, agave, and pink Himalayan sea salt. Not Himalayan. It's Himalayan. Him. In those Himalayan mountains, um, we still don't have a percentage on this. Is that what you're trying to find out right now? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Elk Rapids, Michigan. That's where Elk they are. Rapids, <laughs> Michigan. Where is that? It's a weird picture of a guy with a, 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 a lime on his face. A mean I, guy. Yeah, I it's agree. A it's a mean guy. It's for a mean sure. guy. All right, I found it. Six point six alcohol by volume with eighteen IBUs. Oh wow! All right, this is what they this is what they say on their website. The closest thing you'll get to a margarita around here, margarita IPA, is brewed with lime, agave, and pink Himalayan salt, sea salt. Dang it! Aromas of lime and biscuit are followed by the taste of juicy lime, medium bodied and well balanced. It finishes with just a hint of salt. Served with a salt rim. Oh, I knew I should have done that. Uh, and a lime wedge. I blew that one, too. And give your favorite Marg a run for its money. Honestly, incredible beer. I really, really like this one. This is the best beer that I've tried for the first time in a while that yeah, is, like I agree. Sti- is sticking out. It's sticking out. Yeah. I love the salty finish. I really do. I think that's... A very underrated aspect to this type of beer. Man, that's if we what, had that's salt. That's what she said. Oh, if we had salt geez. and a lime. I really blew it with, with oh, jeez, here we go again. <laughs> I really should have put salt and and got some lime out here. I, I apologize for that. A couple weeks ago when we were drinking the lemon beer, right? That that other shandy from. Uh, oh, yeah, I was there for that. From. You're talking about the shandy from. Um, yep. The one that Carrie drank the week before while we were drinking the Oberons, I think, and then we drank... Old Nation. Old Nation? Yeah. 
And yep. how ah, and the whole time I was like, man, I actually like lime in my beer yeah. more than lemon. And I remember so the shandy was the lemon. Yeah, I remember you kind of like thinking like, what? No, no way. Yeah, but, but then we had a lime one, I think, the following week or maybe two weeks ago. Didn't we do a lime one? And you were like, did did he bring the lime juice? What was that one that we did? Was that Corona? at Coopers, Coopersville? No. We did a know. beer recently. Kyle, let me know what you would do. Would you have put salt on the on the can and, and had some lime too? Kyle said save me one. Yeah, there's none left. Sorry, buddy. Oh. I think you can you, buy some and bring them, though. I think you definitely could have some lime. I don't know about the salt, to be honest. I don't know. That's just kind of weird with a beer, I feel like. It would be. Know, it's coming out I of I mean, it would, it would like. probably ruin the, the carbonation, too. If you get a little salt in it, it would make it carbonate just, too much. That's, a, that's why I'm asking Kyle what he would have done. Kyle, would you have done that? We'll wait for your answers. We'll take your we'll take your, your response offline or off air. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> 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 I think he's called before. He has. He's definitely called um, a few times this year. But. Yeah. Anyways, that good was episode. episode. What episode was that? No grades. It was a good one. Oh, yeah. What are our grades? <laughs> what do you guys think? I really um, liked it. Yeah, I'm going 8-4. Eight, 8-4? Four. Eight, four? Super solid. Really good. 7-9. Seven, 7-9? Nine. Seven, nine? Yep. In honor of the 79 degrees starting temperature of the show tonight. <laughs> I'm going to go with an 8-2. Perfect. And Carrie, and Carrie said nobody asked. What does that mean? She said, no, I asked. Save me one. Oh, that was Carrie that asked for one? Yeah. Yeah, she can buy one herself. We're all out. <laughs> Kyle just says that uh, Sam loves a salty finish. Mm-hmm. Carrie, what, and, are, you, Carrie, what I, are you drinking and tonight? You, and you blew you, it, what too. Did you, I did, yeah. I, <laughs> gosh, whatever. You guys are mean. Where's Micah tonight? I, well, I, yeah. my, I get paid to read the comments. Let's We're go. just <laughs> reading comments. Wait, you get paid? Hold on a second. Well, all right. We got to get going. That was episode. Paid in beer. <laughs> Anyways, no. Thank you guys for, for coming out tonight. It was a fun episode. Thank you all for listening, watching live, commenting, everybody but Kyle. Appreciate it. Um, talk to you next week, if not sooner, I guess, right? If not sooner. It? Peace. Jarrett must be out watching the game. Yeah. Big Tampa Bay fan. Listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.